There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lead with Empower podcast. We are approaching the end of 2020. Thank goodness. Excited for the the, the new year right around the corner. Joined by a, a great friend, done some work uh, at Empower with me over the years. And uh, I have him on speed dial in the event of uh, any of those special programs. We've done a lot of road trips uh, together, a lot of offsite programs together over the years. But uh, more importantly, his, uh, his main role is... Uh, physical education, health instructor down at North Haven High School, former Springfield College student, a year behind me, Mr. Dave Fizwali, affectionately known as Foz by his students and friends. Dave joins the Lead with Empower podcast. Foz, how are you? Hey, Dan, I'm well, thank you. Good to see you. Uh, you know, it's been a while and I know, you know the virtual world, but looking forward to hopefully being able to See you back in person very soon. Um, you know, we're doing well. I, I appreciate you having me on. I've, I've listened to several of the Empower casts over a you know, year, year and a half. And, uh, you know, you're doing a good job. And nice to, nice to see you again. And uh, looking forward to it. No, absolutely. Great to see you and, and excited to catch up. Before we get into the episode, how, how, you know, from a health standpoint, how are you? How's the family doing? Everybody hanging in there? We're, we're good, thanks. Um, you know, Leslie teaches, my wife teaches in, in uh, Region 4, so she's been closed for, you know, since the beginning of November. Um, so we're good. You know, we got through, you know, the spring, summer, no problems, and uh, so far, so good here. So we've been very lucky. Extended family's good, so we, we've sort of avoided uh, avoided COVID, and, uh, you know, just, just day by day. How are you guys doing? Yeah, no, same. Kel and I are just plugging, al- plugging along, and, uh you know, trying to keep the ball moving forward, make good decisions and, uh, you know, stay out of trouble and, but also trying to stay, you know, active, you know, you and I both are, uh, you know, typically spend about 90% of the year outdoors, um, you know, whether it's in the woods or, or, you know, out in fields, you know, doing the team building games. So just trying to find some of that in a safe manner, because uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize either one of us as computer tech guys. Is that a fair assumption? (laughs) That is that is a fair assumption, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into it. But you know, we've talked a lot to the kids this year, the students, about just how uh, you know how the working landscape has changed over the past year, and, and I think a lot of these trends are, are I'm going to guess, are here to stay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I you know you always wondered can you work through a computer, and, and you know, teachings, uh, you know, what we do is a little different, but I, I think a lot of these big businesses um, are starting to realize that they can. They can do this, you know, people can do this. Yeah, there's a company that we've typically done an intern program with every summer, you know, I'd say for the past five or six years. And uh, I just spoke to, you know, one of my contacts there. And I think they're working remotely through the fall, like September of 2021, uh, before they start to bring, you know, the masses back to offices if they do. So it's a unique time, excited to hear about, you know, some of the adjustments you made, um, because as you mentioned, teaching in general is a, is a challenge over the computer, not having the interactions, but, 
you know, the, the, the type and the subject matter that you teach, it's, it's a very unique challenge. So excited to get into that during the episode. Before we do, just give us a little background about, you know, your journey to North Haven High School and talk a little bit about what your role is, uh, you know, prior to COVID-19, you know, uh, prior to prior to last school year, what a, what a normal year would look like for, you uh, You know, for Dave in in, uh, in his role at North Haven High School. Sounds good. Uh, McGrath, you know, grew up, went to school in North Haven, graduated North Haven High School in 1999. Uh, as Dan said, attended uh, Springfield College, you know, PE, uh, PE major, um, did a lot of, uh, I guess, electives in, in the outdoor education area, adventure education programming, um, graduated Springfield in 2003 and uh, got hired uh, right away at North Haven. Um, I started at elementary school in North Haven, Ridge Road Elementary School. Um, I was there for two years. I loved it. I really enjoyed um, the elementary school experience. And it's funny, when I was going through college, I was like, I don't know if I could teach elementary. I don't know if I could teach elementary. And uh, I absolutely loved it. I, I really did. And uh, what I tell people when I have student teachers or when I talk to people who are just getting into the trade, um, I said, you know, at the elementary school, and, and if you remember back to when you were a student, the PE teacher was the rock star of the building. Oh, yeah. You know, that was, you went there, you played games. Um, he or she was always the coolest person in the building, um, you know, and you would walk into the gym and, and you would see the equipment out and, you know, as you know, anywhere from a kindergarten to a fifth grade, or at least that's how it worked in North Haven, they were K-5s, your eyes would, you know, light up. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. And what I really liked about it was that you got to know every single kid in that building yeah. because they all came through that gym. So, you know, the first year was, was challenging, obviously, because you come in and, and, you know, you have a couple hundred kids. Um, but by the second year, you know, all those kids. And that was what was really unique. And, and I enjoyed getting that rapport and that interactions. Um, you know, with, with the students. As far as my journey, uh, you know, when I was at North Haven High, we, you know, had this elective for a sophomore. Uh, as a sophomore, I had this elective, it was Project Adventure. So instead of taking a traditional uh, PE class, you could take this elective called Project Adventure, and it's an outdoor education class. And, uh, you know, you took that as, a, it was a, took that as a sophomore, it was the only year you could take it. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I liked the whole idea of just challenging yourself and, and not that I was, I ever considered myself to be this, you know, rock star of anything, but I just like the idea of getting outside, getting out, getting out of the building, interacting with your peers and working together to, to a common task. And then when you're called upon to do what you need to do in class, it's you versus the element. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's in a sense, you, you know, you're competing against the element um, and it's all within yourself. And, if you don't get to your goal, how are you going to rebound from it? Um, and if you do get to the goal, how are you going to help others get to the goal? So I, I just absolutely fell in love uh, with the idea of that, of that program, of that type of curriculum. Um, I also owe a lot to, to my mentor, the teacher who I took over for, Ed Manchuk, who, who started the program uh, in the early 70s, actually 70, I think 76, um, so going on uh, 45 years here. Um, and just, you know, his teaching philosophy just aligned so perfectly with what that program was trying to accomplish. And what, and another unique thing about the program was at the end of your sophomore year, you can sign up to be a facilitator. So your junior and senior years, you come back and in essence, you're a student teacher in the program. So yep. 
you're, you're working with the students in class, you're leading the group activities, you're, you're introducing the group activities. So you really are in a leadership role, almost a teaching role. And that was really, you know, my first experience being a teacher. You know, I played soccer and we did a lot of work with the youth in the town and you would go do clinics. Um, but this was really my first experience standing up in front of a group of your peers and, and you're instructing them and you're yep. providing them feedback. You're, you're helping them overcome their fears, their obstacles and, and working to try to get better in the, in the class. And I really enjoyed that role, obviously, as well. And, and I think I made a really good connection with, uh, with Ed Manchuk. And I remember my senior year, as most 17-year-old males in high school, you know, you don't, you don't have any goal. You just want to, you know, you just want to live, you know, you're the rebel. And, and, you know, I don't know if I was a rebel, but it was hard to, I had a hard time visioning myself doing something, you know, and, you know, I was sitting there and, and my original plan was obviously to go to college and, and I was going to go into computers because, uh, you know, Dan and I will laugh, but <laughs> in high school, you know, the, the technology was really just starting to, to explode. Yeah. Um, internet came out when we were probably in middle school. We had AOL, it was dial up internet. It was, it was brutal. Brutal. It was like one <laughs> phone number for a thousand people. And if you got to get online, you were lucky. You paid, I think you paid by the hour per month or something. Yep. So um, computers at that point were just starting to, you know, kind of explode and take off. So my first thought was, I want to go into computers because that's the growing field. And then I said, geez, I don't know if I could sit in front of a computer and, and uh, you know, do that. And then my brother, uh, he was in school to become a teacher. And, and I always thought of that in the back of my mind. My mother was, my mother was a teacher. Uh, my brother was going to school to teach. So I said, well, maybe I'll think about teaching. And my original gut was to become a, a social studies history teacher because that okay. was um, my favorite classroom topic ever since I was you know, younger. I really, I, I liked you know, history. I liked, you know, how do we get to where we are as a society? Um, and, I, and I enjoyed that. And my first instinct was, oh, I'll become a, a social studies teacher. And uh, I remember it was probably about the middle of my senior year, and I was out in class on Project Adventure. I was a facilitator with, with uh, you know, Ed Manchuk. And he says, what are you going to do when you get out of here? I go, oh, I think I'm going to go into teaching. And he says, oh, you know, what, what area? And I said, oh, probably history, maybe social studies. And, and he looked at me, and he says, you're going to waste it. I said, what? <laughs> he, says, he says, you have such a gift. He says, you don't want to be, you know, no offense to any classroom teacher out there. He says, you need to interact with kids outside of a classroom. He says, that's, that's your, he says, I could tell that's your personality. That's your passion. Um, he says, I think you do a great job in a classroom. He says, but I just think you'd be way almost more comfortable um, out, outside of the classroom. And I said, oh, okay. And then, so, you know, we had several conversations about what, you know, a PE teacher would look like. And, and then we started talking a little more about, you know, how you can do a project adventure program. Um, so that led me to, uh, you know, Springfield College, obviously PE, you know, one of the, probably the best school around um, and, you know, an hour away. So how could you not? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, ended up going up to Springfield, you know, uh, majoring in, in PE and then, uh, you know, did a lot of uh, electives in the you know, adventure education area, which, you know, at the time when we were there, there wasn't a ton of them. Um, you know, we had, you know, you know, Ted Francis, you know, Dan knows very, very well. And, and I've only had a you know, few interactions with Dan, um, with Ted, you know, Dan has a little different relationship with, Dan, uh, with Ted than I do. Um, and, uh, you know, I connected with him as well because he had his adventure um, 
for the, the adventure the uh, teaching methods class. Yes. Yeah. Yep. The teaching methods classes with Ted France and he's going over this adventure stuff and I knew it all. And he's looking at me and I remember one day after class, he pulls me over and he says, how do you know all this stuff? So I explained to him the program and he, his mind was blown away too. That yep. just, you know, a, a public high school had this program that it was so full and, and, and so detailed. Um, and, you know, he also sort of pushed me in that direction of, Hey, you know, PE is going to be good for you, but I think if you can get into some type of adventure programming, um, you know, that'll be beneficial. So, you know, finished up Springfield, um, you know, very fortunate, got a job right out of school, right, you know, right in North Haven at, at Ridge Road, which was nice. And, and like I said, I enjoyed my two years there. And then, uh, you know, at the end of my second year, uh, Ed was thinking about retiring, but he wanted to do a part-time retirement where, uh, you know, he would basically teach every other day and we would work together, you know, again, as a, as a mentor, uh, relationship with me just to, you know, help get my feet wet in the adventure area, you know, and how the North Haven course works. And, um, you know, I think it took all summer to, to make the decision because I remember I was going back to school thinking I was at Ridge Road and teach elementary school. And, you know, day before school started, superintendent comes down and goes, oh, you know, by the way, we're, we're going to move you up to the high school. You're going to take over Project Adventure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, you know, mixed emotions, obviously, you know, really, really excited for the opportunity and, and you know, to an extent, very humbled by it. And then you're going, oh, man, I, I love the elementary school, too. And it was, you know, it was, it was mixed emotions. But, I'm, you know, if it wasn't for the project adventure, I don't know if I would have left the elementary school at that point. Yep. In my life. Um, but having the, the ability to go up to the high school um, and, and look and work with him again, which was full, full circle for both of us. Um, you know, because it's been it was been basically six years uh, between college and me teaching at Ridge Road and, and to go back and just, you know, pick, almost pick up right where we left off. And, and we had a lot of enjoyment because we had to build the course um, at the new at, at time, the new high school, which is North Haven High, the new building was just opening. So we had to build the course together. Uh, so I learned a lot. And it was just just brought back memories of, of high school of, of just, you know, him on the ground, him telling me what to do. So it was a lot of fun. Um, so that's sort of my journey and, and how I ended up uh, at North Haven, you know, so I've been at, you know, in North Haven public schools for 17 years at this point and 15 years at, at the high school. So I've basically turned into a, what they would call in the teaching role, a grizzly veteran, I guess. That's right. <laughs> it's hard to admit, but you are absolutely a savvy grizzled veteran um, for, and for those, you know, those of the listeners who aren't too familiar, the project adventure type stuff, was really, you know, coming into its own in the late 70s. So Ed is like one of the originals, like to have a program like that in a public school um, <clears throat> since the late 70s, you know, that's really when that started um, that, you know, the adventure, you know, you know, project adventure course, you know, whether it's a freshman or sophomore uh, uh, physical education elective. So, you know, to be part of a program that's really been, you know, I would consider it in the public schools, one of the originals, it's got to be a pretty cool, you know, feeling every day to wake up and know that you're sustaining something that, um, you know, hopefully goes far beyond your time there, but sustaining something that's been around since, you know, the onset of adventure in phys ed. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. It, it's, and I tell the kids, this is, you know, programs 45, 46 years old, there's only been two of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, it's neat. It's really, it, it's very interesting. We've had, I mean, just in my 15, you know, 15 years there doing this, I've had probably four or five schools contact me to come out, to look at the course, to ask questions. 
because um, they're trying to start things, you know, start up their own programs as well. Um, we had uh, our, our NEASC evaluation uh, about two or three years ago. So what NEASC is, it's the New England um, Association of Schools, and, and they come in and they, you know, basically evaluate your school system, um, yep. or evaluate your school, I should say, you know, they evaluate the middle school and high schools. Um, so they came in a couple couple of years ago, did their evaluation, and the, the woman, there was a woman who was assigned to our area and she was the department PE health department chair and I believe Simsbury and she was a very, very nice woman. And she goes walking through our area, you know, through the gym area and she sees all the pictures of, of the ropes course. And where's this? <laughs> and then immediately, you know, she latched on to me. She spent a half day with me watching, you know, watching my classes because they had a uh, ropes course as well in Simsbury, uh, but a lot smaller than, uh, you know, what, what we have in North Haven. And, uh, you know, she was just blown away that just how it's, you know, how big it is, how, how it's run, um, that I have the, the students and then we can get into this later, you know, that the students are, are belaying each other, whereas her school, um, the teachers belay everybody. So it was just a completely different, um, different program and, you know, it, it's still adventure ed, it's still quote unquote project adventure, but just the philosophy that we've had in North Haven was completely different than what they did in Simsbury. Yeah. And, uh, like you were saying in the late seventies, the, the adventure education field was, was really just starting to, uh, to explode, um, or starting to really show up in, in public schools. And, uh, our, you know, our PA program originally started, um, after, as an after school enrichment activity, um, for alternative ed students. So, yep. uh, you know, I don't know the, the, the total history of it, but I know Ed's told me that, you know, the, the back in the seventies, they, a lot of schools come up with this alternative high school, almost like an adult. Uh, adult ed. So after the regular school day was done, these students would come back for um, an a, a alternative high school setting. And that's really where pro where this adventure programming started, you know, not just in North Haven, but everywhere as, yep. as this alternative uh, setting for, you know, at risk use. Um, and uh, it's, you know, moved into the classroom. So he started it and it was became very, very popular with the students after school. And then students asked to help out. And that's really where the facilitator program yep. um, pretty much came from. And then uh, I think maybe, I think two or three years after just doing it after school, he was able to get it approved by, uh, by the board of ed. And it became an, an elective um, in, in the high school. And uh, for our listeners that are familiar with you know, the North Haven High School campus, the original ropes course was actually at Mike Vandercourt football field. Um, huh. There was a lot more, there was a lot more trees back then, but uh, they had, uh, you know, they had about three or four climbs there um, at, at Vanacore Field. And, uh, you know, they just, they just took down uh, maybe about six, eight trees two or three years ago. And you could still see some of the, the bolts and the staples in the field, yeah. which, was, which was pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, as, as the schools changed, uh, you know, North Haven had an, years ago, there was an East and West campus. So, you know, Ed went and built, uh, you know, built a course as, as, as it grew, built another course at, at I believe it was East Campus. Um, and then that's where, you know, the course was until uh, the new course was built in, you know, basically 2004 in the new school. Yep. And then for, again, um, you know, a lot of schools will have maybe a two or three week unit you know, you know, team building or, or project adventure unit. And I think what makes North Haven unique and something that, you know, Dave and I have had many conversations about over the years is, is it's, it's a full semester. 
um, you have the facilitators for the year or for a semester? Well, the, the, the class itself is a full year. Oh, it so is a full year course. Okay. All right. Yep. So they'll, so um, full, yeah. yeah, full year physical education course on a, you know, you know, ropes course or doing the experiential adventure education versus, you know, you know, a lot of the districts will have, like I said, a two or three week, you know, unit. And then you're back into the, you know, the norm, the traditional phys ed rotation. And, and it's, and Dave will get into this as we go, you know, go through the episode, but you know, we talk so much about, you know, leadership being, a, you know, something, a, a skill that you can learn and um, you learn best by doing as Dave touched on with his experience as a high school student, being able to get out there and actually be responsible for a group of, you know, high school students that are really only a year younger than them <laughs> or a year or two younger than them. Um, you know, it's a, a true leadership field experience. And, you know, so for anybody that's looking to develop their leadership skills, you know, it might not be a PA course, but the, you know, really the best way to do it is to, to get out there and do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, reading about it is great, but, you know, it's, it's one of those skills where you kind of have to, you know, try it out in the real world setting and minimize, you know, the risk <laughs> or potential risk. And, you know, that's the only way to really get better at it. And, and you're providing students with that opportunity on a day-to-day -day basis, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. And uh, the way, so the way our curriculum works and, and kind of what, what Dan was saying is a lot of schools, and I know, you know, there's a couple of schools around us um, that it is operates like that. It's just, it's a unit. And maybe freshman year, you may get two or three weeks of, of basic team building of, of on the ground, uh, problem solving group initiatives, what we would call them. And yep. then, sophomore year, you, you may have part of the ropes course, um, your sophomore year, and then your junior year, you may get another part of the ropes course as well. Uh, whereas North Haven's model is it, it's a full year. So uh, the kids will they'll start with me the first day of school and they go right till the um, right till the end of school. And the way it works for us is, uh, you know, we operate on a block schedule. And so we have 80 minute blocks, but yep. what's unique is that the project adventure program is tied in uh, with the health curriculum. So we, we split the 80 minute block, which Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, but you know, my, my co-teacher, Anthony Sagnall, been, you know, we've been together for 15 years now, you know, which, which is nice. Um, and you know, we, so the way they do it is they take basically a full year's worth of kids and they put them into one class. So yep. our class will start with, you know, call it 40 students. Then what we do is we take the 40 students and we divide them in half alphabetically by last name. And we say, all right, if your last name is A to M, you go with Mr. Faz outside for Project Adventure. If you're everybody else, you go with Mr. Sagnell to health. So after about 35, 40 minutes, we switch. So the outside kids come into health, the health kids go outside for Project Adventure. Um, and because of that system, we're able to have it for the full year. Yeah. Um, because traditionally, yeah, PE, any type of PE class is usually a semester. But what happens with the semester model is you're, you're going to lose some of the programming just because you're not going to have time or because of weather-related issues. Um, and it's in our area, it's contact time. So I would rather see the kids every other day for 35, 40 minutes for the year versus every other day for 80 minutes for half a year. Um, yeah. Just because there's so much growth and so much maturity that, that happens in a, in a school year. Um, and the program really is designed that as the year goes on, the challenges are going to become more and more. And you know, possibly in November, December, when you're wrapping up that first semester, the kids may not be at that maturity level yet. They might not yep. be at that level, but whereas you get the second set of kids in, in you know, May or June, they're going to be at that level and not so much because of the class, but just because of their overall you know, sophomore year experience. So 
um, you know, Ed again was, you know, sort of at the port, you know, at, at the beginning of this. And he said, well, this is, this is how we're going to do it. And this is why we're going to do it. And, and um, at the time, uh, when we switched to block scheduling, Anthony was, and I, I was still a student. So I was, it was, <laughs> I, was I was a student with Ed and, and I didn't have Anthony for help. Um, but obviously we knew each other um, from a, a teacher student relationship. And, uh, you know, Ed, you know, I said, well, Anthony, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to take the block and we split them in half. And Anthony was new. He was, all right, yeah, that's fine. And, <laughs> you know, and, and here we are, you know, now it's probably been 25 years that we've been operating on the block scheduling and, you know, 15 years, you know, with me there. Um, and it works great. I, I love teaching it. Anthony loves teaching. The kids like it because it's, it's, it's a quick hitter. They come in, there's a health lesson, you're in and out in a half hour, 35 minutes. You know, for yep. me, you're outside. It's, and it teaches a little bit of time management saying, hey, look, you have to get these tasks done today and you have a half hour to do it. So it keeps them honest. It keeps them on, on a schedule. And, and they will know, and we always say this is, you know, an, an idle mind is a devil's playground. So, <laughs> if you don't have kids engaged, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard yep. to keep them focused. And with an 80 minute block, the engagement level is different with a 35, 40 minute block. Um, it, it's, they got to come in and, and they have a job to do and they got to get it done. And, and it works, it works really well. So the way our, uh, way our layout is, um, you know, they come into school, obviously beginning of the year and, and we just start with a lot of uh, get to know you activities, name games, um, and, and I facilitate those around the idea of building a foundation of, of trust, foundation of, of communication, um, and the foundation of, you know, problem solving and coming up with a plan. I know I, I stole this from Mr. Jaskot over here is the goal, <laughs> you know, we call it goal. You know, it, it's G is for goal, the activity, uh, or the grit model, I'm sorry, the grit model, you know, G is for goal, R is for role, I is for interpersonal skills, and P is for plan. So I, I actually present that now one of the first days of days of class and say, hey, oh, this, nice. is, this is what the, this is what the class is about is everything that we're going to do has a goal. And, and really, if you think about anything outside of school, anything in your life, there's a goal of everything. You know, if yep. you're an athlete, the goal is to win the game. Um, you know, if, if, if you have a family, the goal is to provide for your family. There's always going to be a goal in life. Um, R is going to be what, how, what is your role? What can you do as an individual? And what can you do to support the group in order to, you know, accomplish that goal? I is interpersonal skills, the ability to, to work with those around you. How are you going to communicate with those around you? And how are you going to um, listen to what other people are saying around you? And then, and then finally, you have the, the plan is how can we put all this stuff in a plan and get and get into the action phase? So yeah. um, you know, I, I credit Dan for, you know, teaching me that one. And that's, uh, you know, I've certainly um, used that in class. And that's really how I start the year. Um, so at the beginning part of the year, we, we discuss that model. We discuss, you know, what does effective leadership look like? Um, what does an effective group look like? And we sort of come up with some, you know, um, I guess visuals as to, hey, what do you, what do you want to be remembered as? You want to be remembered as the class that can't work together? Or you want to be remembered as a class that can work together? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we take that, we run with it. And then, um, you know, we spend the first couple of weeks uh, not on the ropes course, just in, in, on our soccer field, just doing these group games and starting to develop that trust and communication. Then we head out on the ropes course and, you know, we introduce them to um, our balance cables and, and spotting, which is really the first time that they're going to be getting off the ground. The balance cables are only about, you know, 12 inches up, but it's still, it's, it's now you're stepping up off the ground um, and you're putting your safety in the hands of your classmates because they're the ones that are spotting you where you're up on that cable. So we start yep. to develop that, that level of trust and the understanding that 
physical contact is necessary in this class. And you're going to have to rely on somebody to, to get their hands up, get their hands on your back, get your hand, get their hands on your neck, whatever it may be to, to spot you. So you don't hit the ground. Yep. You're going to have to do the same thing for that. So, um, you know, that's, you know, we sort of get into those activities and then, uh, we get the kids in the gear. We teach them how to belay one another and, and belaying is very simply the act of protecting one another with the rope. So, uh, one student will be on the ground with their safety gear on, you know, attached to a rope and the other end of that rope is going to be attached to the climber who is up in the air going across, across the element. And when a fall occurs, it, it's up to the belayer to make the catch and yep. lower that climber back down to the ground safely. So we train all the kids on that. Um, and that's really where you start to see the facilitators take over. Um, they, they basically take a group of kids about, you know, four or five kids and, and they teach them for two or three classes about the different climbing commands how to put the harnesses on, how to, you know, how to, how to belay, what our belaying technique is. And, uh, you know, we throw a lot of curveballs at them and then we test them. They, they belay our, our tires. You know, we set up about three or four tires and uh, we pull it up in the air and we drop it and they have to belay it. And, oh, nice. Yeah. So we got our, we got our belay test and, and every kid has to pass. And um, basically the way I do it is if you are all going to pass. It's just a matter of if it takes you one time or four times. You know? <laughs> um, and, you know, by design is, hey, that's this is your requirement is there's no getting out of it. You will need to know how to belay because you will have to belay somebody in this class. And once we get through the belaying part, they they start climbing and, and we'll stay outside right to winter break. Doesn't matter if it's hot, cold, raining, snowing, you know, day like today. We would be outside climbing. Um, if it got windier or as the winds increase, we would probably shut down the climbs and we would just go outside on the field and do an activity. Yep. Uh, we head back inside January, you know, January, February, March. We have a indoor climbing facility. We're very fortunate with that. You know, that the high school North Haven High has a large gym and a small gym. So in the small gym, I have a couple elements, uh, climbing elements set up. And uh you know, we also revisit a lot of the problem solving activities because, you know, at this point we stepped away from it to do the first series of climbs and yep. uh, we stay inside. If we get enough snow and, and lately we haven't, <laughs> but yeah, knock on wood, <laughs> uh, if we get enough snow, we'll go outside and do some snowshoeing. And uh, basically that brings us to end of March, early April. And we go back outside and pick up what with the ropes course again. And, and really that last quarter of the year is, is our, our most challenging climbs and our highest climbs. And yeah. that's how it progresses. And at the same time with, with the health curriculum, and this is why we like it is, you know, he'll tell you at the end of the year, he gets into a little more of those sensitive topics where, you know, if you start teaching those topics in, in October, November, the kids are a little uncomfortable. Um, they may not want to open up and discuss as much, at least add to the conversation. Whereas at, by the end of the year, um, we have that rapport set with them from a teacher student relationship. Um, they have the rapport in the classroom with each other because they've been through this journey of, you know, project adventure of, of belaying one another, spotting one another, watching each other be successful, watching each other, quote unquote, fail, not accomplishing their task, you know, yep. and, and working together. So when you get to the end of the year, um, you know, when you start to get the topics that really mean the most to them, especially where they are in their lifestyle or in, in their life. Um, they, they, they pay a little more attention and they're, they're a little more willing to, to get the information and ask the questions to get the information. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a great collaborative dynamic that you guys have there um, with both courses. There's such a focus on, you know, physical and social, emotional safety, you know, out on the, 
you know, the ropes course, it's, it's in your face. Like I'm on this rope on the ground. I'm responsible for Dave. If I'm not paying attention or I mess up, Dave's going to be in some trouble. So I'm, you know, really taking on that ownership um, of his safety. And then, you know, as you mentioned, there, there's moments when, you know, someone might not make it all the way across the climb. So there's that social emotional safety as well as, Hey, Hey, you'll get it next time versus look at this idiot. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, a, it's great to hear that that stuff translates into the classroom because as, as you mentioned, you know, high school students are going through an area, very interesting time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to it. I don't, you know, a very unique time in their life where they're going to have to make some decisions. And um, you know, when you can have that dynamic, it, it you know, you really open up, I think, what students can contribute. And also it, it highlights that when you set the bar high and you provide the right experiences and the right parameters, you know, often, more often than not, students will live up to that higher expectation with the right amount of support versus, you know, when you set a low ceiling, you're kind of capping what they're able to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, a big part of it is, is setting up your goals and, and understanding yep. that, you know, just, just based on ability and based on a comfort level, um, everybody has their own goals. Everybody has their own, own abilities. And the design of Project Adventure is for you to A, understand that, but B, understand that there's really no reason why you can't get to that next level. Um, if you surround yourself with the right people yep. and you, you trust yourself, and you trust those around you, you can accomplish a lot more than you think. And yep. life is full of adversity. You know, we're, we're living through a, a, you know, a challenge that I don't think anybody could have ever thought of. Um, and it's, it's how you respond. And look, I've had my bad days with it. You know, we've all had it. Yep. It's okay. Wake up tomorrow and, and let's improve on it. And that's what I try to teach the kids in Project Adventure is, and, and this is what I end the year with. Um, is, you know, look, life's full of these challenges, life's full of adversity and it's how you respond to it. We're, we're all going to have a, we all have our goals. And if you accomplish your goal, awesome. But if you don't get it, you have two choices. You get up and you, and you continue to work or you back down from it, and you go a different route. And, and if you back down from it, how are you going to grow as a person? How yep. are you going to know really um, what you can accomplish? And, you know, that's the thing. It, and most of the clients, the kids have that opportunity to try it that second or third time. And, and, you know, I don't have the data in front of me, but if I was to track it, I, I'll tell you, it's, you know, probably 90% of the kids that try a climb a second time, they're going to, they're going to see the improvement. I mean, you, we see it out in a power course. Oh yeah. As you go through the experience, you, you gain that confidence. And even if they don't get to that next point on the climb or, or where they want to, they're going to, they're going to feel way more comfortable and way more confident in their own abilities just by getting back up on there and, and uh, you know, trying it that second time. And it's, you know, you hate to use the analogy of, hey, you know, when you fall off your bike, you get back up and, and you continue to go, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't, yeah, it's, it's might, it might be cliche, but there's a ton of meaning in, in that statement there. Um, so good, good transition. You obviously brought up the fact that life is full of adverse moments. We are, uh, living it firsthand. Talk, talk a little bit about, from your vantage point, this has been the, the epitome of leading during uncertain times, right? And being able to, you know, you have this plan about how the school year ends, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, ripped from out, you know, from underneath your feet, and you have to adjust and adapt. And, 
you have this plan for a, hey, the school year, we're going to start up this way. And then, you know, based on how things have gone, you guys have had to you know deal with some changes to the schedule and, and all that type of stuff. Talk a little bit about Dave specific to you and your course, some of the leadership challenges faced uh, and some of the strategies you've tried to implement to overcome those challenges since uh, things, I think we saw, we saw each other at Lino's market on Friday, like, March 12th, like, Dave, what the hell are you doing here? I don't know. They sent us home from school. <laughs> so, you know, talk, talk a little bit about some of those leadership challenges and some of the tactics you've tried to implement to, to, you know, still put a good course forward for your students. Thank you. It's yeah, it's been <laughs> all you can, it's what we said the other day, like all you can do is laugh. I mean, at this point, you know, it just, because if you're try if you try to, keep doing what you want to do it you're not going to get you're, it's going to be a lot harder so you yeah. have to sort of just take what take what they give you take what life's going to give you right now and make the best of it so um yeah it, it was you know not to not to go too far back in time but thursday march 12th that was that was the end for for north haven you know i think we ended on that thursday i think every other school ended on that friday um and that was it so you know, as far as last year, it originally was, oh, we're going to close for two weeks. And, and kids were asking me, are we going to be out the whole year? I'm like, no, this thing's going to blow over. No way. <laughs> over, you know? And, uh, and then all of a sudden March, you know, March 12th became March 30th, became April 30th, became May 30th, became, you know, school's done June 20th. Oh, oh, okay. And <laughs> um, one, and Dan's been around enough teachers to know that, you know, teaching is a routine. A lot of jobs are routine, but yeah. teaching is a certainly a, a routine job um, and routine in a good way. And, yeah. and, you know, I every year you have different kids interact, even though it may be the same material. But what I like about teaching is, you know, every year you have a chance to, to rewrite something that didn't go well. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's what I you know, that's what I like about it. And, you know, teaching, there's no, you know, the beginning is September 1st or whatever it is. And the end is June 20th or whatever it is. So there's a beginning and there's an end. So <laughs> for, for me and my class, the, the last thing they do at the end of the school year. So really in June of uh, June of 20 is the zip line. And yep. that is really the, it's probably the, the easiest physical climb we have, but it's also the most mentally challenging one because you're, you're walking across this, this rope bridge, you know, if you can imagine almost like an Indiana Jones style bridge. So you have, um, you're walking across this then you go up on this platform and there's a facilitator up there that could be onto the zip line. So you're standing on a platform about, you know, 45, 50 feet and they go, yeah, go ahead, step off when you're ready, you know, and, and you know, you feel, you feel the butterflies in your stomach and they step off and they zip through the course. Um, and I meet them at the bottom. I unclip them. I give them a high five and that's it. The year, you know, that they've completed the course and, yep. and and that's, to me, that's the end. Um, they, they've accomplished their mission. They've made it through the course and they come down and I will tell you, they come down and they have smiles from ear to ear. Even the kids who, who, you know, were, were very anxious, uh, scared about it. They come down, they, when they hit the ground, they, they're just smiling because they know they did it. And, yep. and that's a huge reward for me from a teaching standpoint. Um, as far as last year, it was, <laughs> it, it came out of nowhere. So it was really the first month or so was, how are we going to do this? You know, so we, I sent home some assignments and I got some back. Some were excellent. Some were not good. You had to chase down some others and you're like, okay, so the kids are, they're not into sitting at their computer. You could just, you could just tell by that. So 
Um, I, I started transitioning more into a watch this video on leadership, watch yep. this video on motivation. And um, that's when I started getting some really good feedback from kids as far as how that video can relate to them, how that video can relate to, um, you know, to, to, their, to their life. And, you know, then we started, you know, that opened up a little bit of, of conversation and that opened up a lot of emails back and forth. And, um, you know, like I told you at the beginning, I had my rough days. I didn't sleep well during that time. Part of it was there was just so much unknown um, your, the other part of it was all of a sudden this, this active lifestyle that, that we live, whereas, you know, I get up, I get, I get up every day at four 45, I leave every day at six 30, you know, I, the bell rings at seven 30. Um, now it, it didn't matter. You know, there was, there was no set <laughs> schedule. So, you know, I find myself, you're staying up a little bit later and then, but there wasn't enough to do to sort of tire me out. And, you know, like you said, we spend 90% of our time outside moving around. So I wasn't sleeping well. So I would come down at two o'clock in the morning. I would put the computer on. I would start reading, you know, reading emails and, 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 you know, I would comment back to kids and then they would comment back to me (laughs) (laughs) at two o'clock in the morning. I'm going, well, I'm not the only one. So then, so then you, you know, you just, you're chatting back and forth through, you know, the Google classroom and, and, you know, I can't sleep. I'm bored, this, that. And and that was cool. You know, I I actually enjoyed that because that was, I think that was the, the part that I was missing was interaction. And, and I, I love my wife. I love my children. Um, but I love my, I love my job too. And, and yeah. I missed having that, uh, the interaction with the kids. Cause that's what you do when you're a teacher. It, it's, you know, you become a teacher to, you know, inspire, lead and teach, but it's to interact with, with, with people interact with kids. And, and that's where the most teaching comes from. Yeah. Um, just having those conversations. So, you know, I, I found out that, Hey, I had to change my approach. I had, to, I couldn't just give them, Hey, read this article, answer these questions. It was, they, they also needed the, the interaction. And I think they needed the interaction, not from their family members as well. They need interaction from somebody else. And, and, you know, and at the time too, I mean, in, in March and April, it was, it was lot. you know, nobody knew what was going on. It was, yeah. you know, we didn't want to go anywhere. I mean, we were the same, we were doing the, you know, the, our groceries were being delivered because we didn't want to go <laughs> um, So, you know, I think they needed that interaction. And then, and like I said, that opened up a lot of, emails back and forth. So it kind of moved into more of a um, social, emotional type of learning, um, just, you know, conversation interaction, which, you know, is part of the project venture program, but you do that in person. So doing it through, through a Google me or a Google chat was, was, you know, challenging. Um, and then, you know, you kind of got used to that. And then as, as the weather got nicer, um, I think the kids were happy to do stuff outside. I had them, yep. you know, scavenger hunts. I had them, Hey, just, do the go for a walk tell me what you did what you saw um and and i think they needed that and i got a lot of good feedback they just they needed a reason to sort of get outside yeah so that worked and you know it it was tough because i wasn't able to have that goodbye moment at the end at the end of the year and and especially with the facilitators i felt really bad for because you have some of these kids you have these kids for three years and um in your class they start (laughs) off as sophomores you select them to be facilitators then you have two more years with them so you, you have these kids for three years and, and you really watch them grow from their first day as a sophomore to the last day as, as a senior. And, you know, I traditionally always give them a, a senior gift. I had mail them home. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, it was different. You know, you kind of missed that, that, that end of the year goodbye. And, and that was, that was hard for me. And I think it was, and based on some of the emails I got, the kids were you know appreciative of the time they had, which was nice 
was nice to hear. Um, and then, you know, but they missed seeing that. So, you know, that was challenging. Then you start off this school year and as you're going through the summer, you're thinking, oh, we're going to go back to school and we're going to be right back on, on track. And no, we got back to school and, and, you know, we have to socially distance. Um, can't make physical contact. Yeah. And a lot of schools in North Haven being one of them, you can't use any equipment at this point. So now you're going, all right, when we think back to what an adventure program, adventure curriculum is, it's social interaction (laughs) (laughs) and you're manipulating equipment to some degree. So, uh, you know, that was, that was tough. So North Haven, they had good models. Um, you know, we started off in the hybrid. So we had half the kids for Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday, everybody was home. And then Thursday, Friday, we had the second half. So that actually, I think was worthwhile because you got to ease back into the group and still, instead of having to figure out how can I entertain 20 or how can I, you know, work with 20 kids without using those three things. Now I only have to work on, you know, half that, you know, Um, so that, that, that worked. And, and again, I figured out that at the same time, they just want an interaction. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, there are several games that don't require that stuff. So, so we did that um, and, and they enjoyed it. I think they, they enjoyed that as far as the other strategies, just trying to stay positive, being really honest with the kids. You know, I, I think I've, um, and, and I, I hope the facilitators would back me up on this. And I always, <laughs> I we'll ask, find I, out. I hope you guys back me up on this, but <laughs> I'm very honest. You know, yeah. if, if they ask me a question, I, I let them, as long as I, you know, as long as it's not confidential, I let them know, say, yeah, this is what's going on, you know? And, and sometimes they need to know some information because yeah. um, it, it, it sort of connects with them and what their role in class is. So, um, you know, I told them, I'm like, guys, look, I, I don't know how this year is going to go. I'm like, please give me feedback. Give me, think about things that we have done. Um, and it was awesome. You put a kid in, in, you put a, you put kids in a leadership role and you give them responsibility, they'll do it. Yeah. And um, within a couple of days, I, kids, they were sending me emails. They said, Hey, remember this activity? Can we, can we do this activity? Can we do that activity? And there are things that you just, in my mind, I was saying teaching is so routine. So I know, well, the first week in October, we have to do the balance cable. So we <laughs> can't do the balance cable. So what am I going to do instead? And then that's where the facilitators were awesome. They, they were just giving me some, some really great ideas of different activities that we've done. And, you know, some of them we could, we were able to do some of them we couldn't do some of them we tried to adjust to make them work. Um, so I find just leaning on those around you, delegating some responsibility yeah. because, uh, you know, I, I think one thing with teaching is your students are going to be your, your, you know, your, your biggest judges. Yeah. So if they're coming in the class and they're not enjoying their time in class, they're not interacting with anybody. You got to look at yourself too. And, you know, and I, Hey, I, I've had bad lessons, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. We all, everybody's been there. I think. Yeah. 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 And, and you have to, you know, you have to, you know, sort of humble yourself and go, okay, well, this didn't work. What can I do? This activity did not work. Why didn't it work? Did I present it wrong? Was my enthusiasm that wrong? Cause there's some activities that you know, I, I don't like doing. And I, I find myself sort of presenting it. Well, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, well, no wonder why they didn't like it because I presented <laughs> it. Like this is the worst activity ever. So, you know, you, you have to, you have to sort of change your, change your approach and change your attitude. Um, and, and that's really what we've been doing. And, you know, now we're moving into, so, you know, we were in school and then it got to the point where everything was good, where all the kids were in at once. Um, and that became a little more challenging, but I was able, you know, with the help of facilitators, we found, 
Uh, we found a lot, not a lot, but we found a couple other activities that, that didn't require equipment or only required one piece of equipment. So I just had one facilitator help me. So that way the equipment wasn't being shared. Yeah. yeah. And, and it worked, you know, and, and the kids understood it. And I just went heavy on facilitation. And, you know, you try to take this one activity that maybe was just a, a normally a quick hit or a quick five minute, 10 minute warm up, and, and you would try to extend that another five or 10 minutes and you would facilitate it in, in a couple different ways so they could understand the value of what that one activity is um, or what that one activity represents and hopefully how it's going to apply, um, you know, going forward. And, and, you know, I, I've been very honest with them. Like, I don't know what this, what this year is going to hold. You know, I don't know if we're going to be able to get on the ropes course in March or when we're going to get on a ropes course in May. I said, yeah. We may not even based on, you know, the, the numbers and, and what everybody is saying. And, and you know, certainly I, as I was telling you before we went on the air, I'm, I'm happy I'm not sitting in the position where I have to make those decisions. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know, and, and the kids, and I think the kids this year are just sort of like, sort of what's next? You know, what what is the next thing that's that's going to change? You know, what what do we have to do now to, to, to get into school to make it work? And most kids want to be in school because um, even though they can't socially interact, they can't do what they normally do, at least they're seeing other people. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, and that's huge. You know, I'm, I am, look, we're going back Monday. Um, we're going back to the cohort model. So we'll have half the kids, but whether I have five kids or 10 kids, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing the kids again, Yeah, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Hey, well, and I told him, I said, we'll get back in school and, and we'll, we'll see where we're at and we'll see what we can do next. That's great. It's a great lesson. And Dave, that just to reiterate, there was a great point that you, you you touched on a little bit ago about, you know, as a leader, if a certain activity isn't working, it's so easy and it's almost habitual to say, you know, the students aren't right today, or the students must be having a bad day, or or this is a tough group today. In reality, you know, from a leadership standpoint, you have to look back at, hey, did I present this? you know, particular set of instructions or activity or, or this debrief session in a way that would, you know, really draw and inspire them in as opposed to, you know, I liken it to, you know, training zipline guides at Empower. And this was something we had to work on. Like people don't come out to a zipline place to listen to the safety instruction and to get dressed into harness, right? They, they come out to fly through the trees. So it makes it of the utmost importance when you're in that leadership position to present that safety briefing, the equipment outfitting session, the practice course to present that, like in that moment, it's the coolest freaking thing in the universe, because that's the only way you're going to get the buy-in, you know, you know, from the participants or from the students or from whoever it is that you're leading is if you're presenting it with some, with some juice, with some energy. Um, you know, so great, great leadership point right there and great segue to the, the next question right here. So you're an experiential adventure, experiential educator. Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of working alongside of you um, at Empower for a number of years, you know, co-facilitating a lot of events, which is always, you know, great fun to just to get a different feel for how somebody else does it and, to, you know, combine powers for a short period of time. What is, what is it about adventure education experience uh, experiential education that you like the most like what is the one thing that you can look back on and say hey i really love my job because of this right it, it's it's 
it's got it's the day-to-day interactions i mean that's the bottom line is <clears throat> you can you have especially in my case with, with you know, whether it was at empower when you have the kids maybe for you know two hours or four hours six hours whatever it may be or you know at, at the high school where you're with the kids for the full year is just that that interaction and the ability to to see them um and you know manipulate the environment be challenged by the environment and just and just watch the growth. Yeah. And and I think you know when you teach regular PE and uh, you know okay we're gonna do basketball today and you know they'll dribble around they'll they'll shoot their 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 baskets and you know maybe you'll get a group of kids that want to play a four on four, um, but you're you're more of a you know you're you're more of a supervisor to an extent at times um, and I'm not knocking any PE teachers out there I am one right. <laughs> um, it's, it's a different role. Whereas, you know, you're, you're probably interacting a little bit more socially in, in a PE setting. Whereas when you, when you get in an adventure education setting, you're interacting with them. Um, but it's just a different type of interacting. You're, you're, you're facilitating them hopefully to the goal, um, hopefully through a little bit more of a, of a self-reflection process of, of understanding where am I at this moment as an individual, where is the group at this moment? And what do I, or what do we need to do to get to the next spot? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you would get that from a coaching standpoint with it, with a team sport, obviously, or, or even, you know, you get that from any type of coaching standpoint. Uh, but if, when I'm teaching regular PE, I'm not coaching them in a four on four cardio basketball game for, for a regular PE class, <laughs> you know, you might, you might go in there and give a few pointers, but you know, at the high school level, you're just, you're looking for them to, to be engaged. And at that point, most of them just want to be engaged. They're just, you know, if I can't shoot a three at this point, you're not going to teach me how to shoot. A three. <laughs> uh, and, and I get that. I respect that, you know, and I understand that. And I, and I do enjoy aspects of teaching regular PE. And obviously, you know, this year it's, I've done a little more traditional PE stuff than I yep. have on project adventure stuff. And that was nice. And even two years ago, um, I had a, you know, a couple regular PE classes and it, and it was nice to get back in that type of environment and, and do that stuff again. Um, uh, but I, I think for me, what, what I enjoy most about the job is just the, the, the daily adventure of, of also not knowing what each day is going to bring, because, yeah. you know, you could, yesterday it was 50 and sunny. Today <laughs> I could be outside and it's 35 and there's a nor'easter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that's, to me, that's what keeps me going too. And to see the kids walk out there in this weather and some of their eyeballs go, what are we doing? And I always go out there and embracing the opportunity, but it's such a great opportunity to, to watch them grow and just learn from their experiences. And, and I think that's really, for me, what, what the most important uh, part, my favorite part of the job is just getting up every day, going in there, seeing the kids and, and um, just saying, all right, Hey, what's, what's going to make him, you know, go today. And, and cause the other part of teaching is every kid is different. Yep. Every single kid is different. Every single student's different. And your favorite student may have a bad day and they become your worst student. And it's just, <laughs> it's just a matter of um, trying to make that connection with them. And I think really what project adventure allows you to do is to make that connection. Well, I think PE, I think PE in general, um, because we're not confined to a classroom. I would agree. Yeah. And you're, you're socially interacting with them. So I, I think my favorite part about being a, a PE teacher, take the PA, PA side of, out of it is interacting with kids in a different environment. You yep. can interact with them sitting at a desk. 
But you get them outside, you get them moving in the gym, you get them moving on some type of field and, and, and play. They're going to be a way more sociable. You're going to be able to have different types of conversations because they just feel different because they're not in a, in a classroom setting. And I think that was one of the reasons why, you know, when I was a 17 year old male, you know, and, and I kind of got pushed nudged into that direction. And he says, you know, you had that personality. I think that that was my personality is, is just, just talking to people, just, just yeah. having that interaction in more or less a, a, a free space. And now you turn that into the project venture side of it. You, you have the interactions and, and you see them sometimes at their most vulnerable time where they're, they're in a state of anxiety or shock or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And they're looking around for support and they see you. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're crying and you got your arm around them and you're going, Hey, you did it. You, 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 you did it. Look at what you did, you know? And, and it's unbelievable. That's a, that's a, I'm getting goosebumps on it now. It's a great feeling. And that's what I try to teach the facilitators is when they come down off a climb, whether they were a hundred percent successful or they didn't get anywhere. I said, you're the, they're coming down and they're looking for anybody. Yeah. You're that first person they see because, you know, your job is to be there, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, uh, you know, safety standpoints, whatever, but they come down, they're looking around, they're like a deer in headlights. <laughs> well, they're like emotionally charged. Yeah. Yeah. So they need somebody, yep. to, they need somebody to, to debrief. And that's your job. You boom, go. And I tell them, I said, don't miss that opportunity. Yep. I said, because if you wait two minutes, that, that opportunity is gone. That, that energy, that feeling is gone. I'm like, it's so important that when they come down, you're the one that's there to, to greet them. Yeah. Especially at the beginning part of the year. Um, and, and hopefully what you, what you want to see is by the end of the year, the students are, are, are doing that role. You know, now a kid comes down off the climb, their friend in class, comes over to see him, you know, and, and that's sort of the, the transition of power. And, and, you know, and I know we'll, we'll probably talk about the facilitators a little bit later, but my goal is by like the springtime and, and you know, I don't want to be doing anything. Like the facilitators should be at that point, they, they're trained. They know the routine yeah. that as the year goes on, my role becomes less and less. And then, um, you know, the facilitators are now that role. And then as we get into that late spring, I want the facilitators to step back. Yeah. I want the other, I want the students in the class to step into that role. And, and, and I say, okay, well, there's a, there's next year's facilitator, yep. you know, yep. un, undirected, you know, unprompted. They know that this person's coming down and, you know, they're looking for somebody and boom, that person's right there. Um, and, and I thought, I said, you know, you don't want to waste that moment because there's, you, you have it. That's what you're here for. And, and I always, I said, one thing that I miss, you know, and I, and I, I go up on the platforms every once in a while too, but <laughs> they're few and far between. And it's a little, and it's a little different too. It's cause you know, you're up there and you're worried about what's going on in the ground. Um, but every once in a while you gotta, you know, you gotta give yourself a little venture cause you know, you got, you gotta live a little bit. It's got, you gotta keep this, the, 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 the blade sharp. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, you know, but I said, you know, one thing that I missed of, of that I don't do it obviously enough, but when I was a facilitator, my, my favorite thing to do was to be up on a platform and these kids come up to you and they're like, oh, you know, they're, they're, you can tell they're in their hearts racing. They're, 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 you know, they're just in a total comfort, uncomfortable situation. And you're there just hanging out. Oh yeah. I'm going to clip you in here. I'm going to clip you there. Go on, you know, and 
they look at you like, what are you like? How can you do this? Like, I, I'm good, you know. And and it's just you have that opportunity to interact and to and to lead them and to inspire them, whichever whichever it may be. Even if they're even they just want to come down, you're that person that they're looking for. Yeah. Um, to to offer that assistance to and and that that is. You know, I tell them from from a from a younger facilitating standpoint, that was my favorite part. Um, as far as now as a teacher, it's it's just that interaction. It's that it's that social interaction, just knowing that they're at that vulnerable state, and you have the ability to to be that outlet for them. Yeah, and it really highlights it's it, it's really it's palpable. It's something that you really feel like as a facilitator, as somebody that's belaying somebody else that's climbing like you're, you're part of their success. You're part of helping them through, um, you know, whatever challenge, whether it's a fear of heights or a fear of, 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 you know, not trusting the gear fully, you're part of that process that helps them get from the starting point to whatever their finishing point is. And, and you actually can witness it, feel it, you know, where it's like, you know, when that person does complete the climb, you're like, all right, you know, I feel good for that person. I also feel good that I was able to help that person and contribute. Not that you're taking the, the, you know, taking responsibility for all of their successes, but you played a small role in helping somebody do something. And that, you know, I think we could use probably more of that just in general society. Like, Hey, if I help somebody it, you know, I'll feel good about it because they're going to get to whatever that next point is that they want to get to. And um, it's, it's a great segue into, and you brought up the facilitators a couple of times when, when you're observing and when you're taking maybe applications, what are some of the leadership skills that you really value as part of your program? Like, Hey, I want this facilitator because, or I want this student to be one of our facilitators because they're they, they, they've demonstrated these skills. What are, you know, maybe one or two of those top leadership skills that you look for in your high school students that'll, that, you know, let you know that, Hey, th this one's going to contribute to our program. Good question. So just to let everybody know that the way it works is um, usually right around the end of February, early March, <clears throat> the, any, any sophomore in the program ha has the option to put their name down on the piece of paper. And traditionally I have close to about 90% of the sophomores that elect to take Project Adventure, which, which is a great, um, great number. You know, it shows the popularity of, of, of the program. Um, and then traditionally, you know, you have about half of the kids have to, you know, maybe 70%. So on any given year, we could have 100 to 120 kids that, um, you know, sign up to be a facilitator. And uh, basically what ends up happening is the current facilitators have an evaluation sheet that they evaluate each kid on. Um, yeah. So it's their you know, overall leadership, their communication, responsibility, attendance, uh, trustworthiness, um, and enjoyment of, of, of project adventure. So the facilitators will fill that out on the kid, you know, the students in their own class. Um, and then I fill out a form as well as, as a little bit of a, of a check, check and balance. And as I tell everybody, um, what's really unique is the, um, the, uh, our numbers are pretty close, um, to one another. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty close to one another and, um, you know, that, that's, that's what starts the process. And then, yep. you know, you sort of take your, 
maybe your top 10 from each class. And those are ones that you, you really want to start keeping an eye on. And then, uh, you know, the other ones you, you also are aware of, but you try to keep a look at those ones that are already evaluated so high. Um, as far as what I'm looking for, I, I think the common theme is just that the, the, the re respect um, that they can give their classmates respect and that when they are speaking, when the facilitators are speaking, um, or, you know, the, the, I guess the candidate is speaking, the class listens. Um, and, and that's sort of, you know, what, what I'm looking at is that they, they can get the respect and the attention of the room, and they can also give the respect and the attention when, when needed. Um, and then um, you can, uh, you know, just, just sort of go from there. So that, that's a common one. And then after that, it's, it's balancing your needs. And this is something that, that I learned from Ed. Um, and, and the way he said it is, you need maintenance people, people who are comfortable going up in the trees. And, you know, if you give them a, a wrench to put something up or to adjust something, they can be up there in the air and, and have a wrench and, and be comfortable in turning the wrench. Yep. And, you know, he says, then you're going to, you know, you need people who are, who are calming forces, who they can be on that platform. And, you know, they can talk to people and they have the patience. He said, then you need ground people. You need people who just, you know, are good, good delegators, good people who can organize saying, Hey, you guys got to get your harness on. You got to get ready. You're going next. You know, it just, and so it's sort of balancing your needs. And that was something that I never really thought of that uh, until, you know, I got in this position um, and we were picking facilitators the first year. And he said, he goes, just make sure you balance your needs. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Cause in my mind, I'm like, oh, you, need the, you know, you almost need the rock star to, to, to be the facilitator. And he says, no, he says, it's, you know, you balance your needs. You're going to need people who can do this. You need people who can do that. He says, because maintenance people may not have the ability to be that, be that comfort level for somebody. Yeah. Um, and so through the years, I, I you know, you, sometimes you, you, you miss one and, and, you know, sometimes, um, you know, and most times you don't, which is nice. So basically at the end of the year, you know, as I was saying before, you, we want to see those prospective candidates really step up into that leadership role at the end of the year. Um, and you can tell, you know, which ones are, are turning it on a little bit to be noticed, but then you can tell which ones <laughs> generally are doing it. And the yep. biggest growth happens when we go back outside in the springtime, um, because in the fall time, everybody's still trying to, you know, figure out what their role is and where they fall into the, the hierarchy of the class. Um, then we spend the winter time. And like I said, we, we spend a lot of time in the winter um, on those group activities. So we start to see leadership start to take form a little bit. And you start to see some kids putting themselves on, on the leadership, you know, on the leadership level. And then you get back outside in the springtime. Now you're back out to the, to the, to the um, bigger, the higher climbs and more challenging climbs. Um, the facilitators are, are a lot, you know, a little bit busier because they're setting up stuff or cleaning up from the winter. Um, and then you fall into, and I always say, you know, the, the, the senior, senioritis falls into, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I, and I always tell the kids to take advantage of it because, uh, you know, this is one of the few times in your life where you can do that. And, yep. you know, I always tease them, but, you know, you got, you know, prom and you got senior skip day, which seems to turn into senior skip week. And, <laughs> so, you know, and at that time, but that's what I was talking about is now you start to see these, the, the kids sort of taking it, the facilitators taking a step back, partially by schedule. Yeah. The other part is, is me pulling them back. And now you try to find those kids stepping up into that role. And what's interesting is um, sometimes the kids who may have been our top two or three 
in the evaluation process in March or April, they fall off the radar. Yeah. They just, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they either they don't want it. Um, something has changed that they're just not into it anymore. Um, and then kids who weren't even on our radar um, all of a sudden become our radar. Yep. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's the worst part of the job is having to pick because yep. on a given year, I take maybe 12 to 15 out of 110. Wow. Um, yeah. So you take that 110 and, and even if you were to say, all right, half of them don't belong, half of them belong as a number you know, you're down to, you're down to 50 or 60 and now you still got to pull 15 or 20 out of that. That's tough. Yeah. It, it, it's, it is, it's, it's really, really challenging. Um, and I always tell the kids like, look, it's nothing personal. It, it's just, this is where it is. And, and I try to pick, you know, I traditionally have um, five classes. So I try to pick, you know, I'll do the math. You try to pick, you know, at least try to pick two from a class and, you know, maybe one class may have three, but I've yeah. had years where, um, there's one, there's a class where you just, there's no one that really jumps out at you. Um, and then you have some classes where there's four or five that jump out at you, you yeah. know, and that's, and, and it's, it's interesting how you just put names into the schedule and it's just, you know, how it pops out. Um, but it's, you know, it's a rewarding experience and, um, you know, obviously by the popularity of, of not only the PA program, but the popularity of facilitator program shows what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after that, you just want some kids that, that can communicate, um, you know, the ability to, to communicate um, that certainly have a, a, that, that respect level that when they speak, their peers are going to listen and that they can listen to others, um, you know, and, and the enjoyment of, of, of PA, because that's what we're going to do. And I always look for when we have days like today. Yeah, that's where you see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how you know, because you're going to have days like this and. I, I, I tell the facilitators this at the beginning of the year when we have our, you know, little training day, but I tell the kids this in class to the students, this is, look, I don't wake up in the morning and go, oh yes, it's going to be raining with a chance of snow. (laughs) (laughs) The worst weather, by by the way, the worst weather is like the high thirties, low forties driving rain. Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's brutal. It's brutal. And you know, I don't wake up in the morning going, oh, today is going to be uh the high today is going to be 10 with the wind chill is going to feel like zero. You know, I mean, who, who likes that? You know? So, but what keeps me going is I look at that is that's my challenge for the day. You know, yep. I'm not going up in the tree. I'm not, you know, my challenge is to keep the kids motivated. And my challenge is, is, is I got to make, I got to make it through the day in this weather. Yeah. You know, and that's what keeps me going. You know, that's, that's sort of my, uh, you know, my aha moment is, again, my role has, my role has changed in class, certainly, but hey, ultimately the kids are going to be looking for me to, to lead them, yep. whether, you know, no matter what the weather is, but they look at you. And, and if I walk into classes, what I was going to at the beginning of the, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about how I present a lesson. If, if I walk out a rainy day like this and go, Ugh, <laughs> oh, I don't want to go outside. They're going to go, well, I don't want to go outside. Yeah. And you get, the, and I get it every year. Well, why are we going outside? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge, baby, the challenge. Yeah, and, and I just tell them, I said, look, weather's just adversity. It's yep. just another, it's the challenge of the day. It's yep. just, a, and if I say we're staying in today, then the next time we get a day like this, we're staying in again. Yeah. And how do you know it's, not as bad as today, but it's close enough not to go outside. And before yeah. you know it, you're not going outside anymore. 
And that's part of the class. Part of the class is responsibility of dressing appropriately, um, paying attention, and having to deal with weather. And, um, you know, again, like I said, it, I don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, yes. But I'm saying, okay, well, hey, I got to make sure I have these clothes. I got to make sure I dress appropriately and I'm going to get through the day. Yep. And I won't complain. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cold and I'm wet and I'm like, I can't wait to get inside. Internally, but, you're like cursing at yourself, right? <laughs> why are you such a, why are you such a hard butt, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I will tell you too, some of the kids, they talk about the days like, they don't talk about the, the 75 sunny degree day. They, they, they remember that time when it was 35 and it was snowing and raining and we were outside. That's what they talk about. For, for yep. for work, you know, for, you know, but good or bad, that's what they're talking about. And, you know, that's going to last the memory, you know, yep. when you go out, because how many, how many classes are you going outside and, and, you know, pouring rain? <laughs> No. Well, we're gonna go, we're, right, right. We're going to go outside and we're just going to treat it like any other day. And, and again, I think that's the value. And, and that goes with the responsibility side of it. And that's how I tie it back into health. I say, look, you, you know, you're young adults, you think you're ready to make, and this is what I tell parents on, on open house nights. I, I said, you know, I, I tell them when we have our open house to, you know, we go outside in all weather, you know, and I tell them, you know, it doesn't matter. We're going outside. And I, I I said, a lot of people ask why. I said, it's, it's the adversity and it's responsibility. I said, because your son or daughter will tell you at home that they don't need to do this or that because they know better. I said, but then they'll go outside on a day like today with no jacket. Yep. I said, so how can, you, how can you say you're ready to make these decisions or that you feel as somebody you can make these decisions, but yet you can't pick up your cell phone and check the weather before <laughs> you go outside or even look out the window, you know? And, and I, you know, my favorite was, oh, I didn't know it was going to rain. I go, it's been raining since six o'clock this morning. How do you know it was going to rain? <laughs> so, oh, and, man. Yeah, I mean, and look, I mean, some, it, it's, some, it's sometimes it's worse than what they predicted, and, and you just deal with it. But it's, you know, it's, it's the, you know, you look, can, can they handle this? We'll get back to your, I know I got a little off topic, but, you know, with the facilitators, it's, can you handle what we're going to dish out at you? And, and that's it. And I've, and like I said, I've, 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 there was one year I didn't pick a kid and I give him a lot of credit. The first day of school, he came to see, you know, and I have a lot of respect for these kids that some kids will, you know, sort of muck you for not picking them. Yep. And then, you know, then they ask why you didn't get picked and you, and you say, Hey, look, you know, I only have so many spots. It's just the way the numbers broke down. And, and you could tell they don't like that answer. Um, and I had this kid come down to me, you know, I, this was years ago and he asked me, he's like, Oh, you know, I, I know I didn't get picked. And he says, you know, can you tell me why? So it's, it's, you know, it basically came down to numbers and he said, okay, he says, I understand. He says, well, I said, if you have any, if anything changes, please let me know. I'd really be interested in that. I said, no problem. You know, two days later, somebody's schedule got moved around. So I had an opening. I found him. I says, you're in. And I tell you, Dan, I said, he, he's probably one of the top 10 I ever had, wow. and I, you know, and it's just somebody that you miss because of the numbers game. And for two years, he, you know, it didn't matter what the weather was. It, he just, he came out every day. He became almost my right-hand man. Mate, and, and he sort of had everything, you know, yep. maintenance he was good with. Um, being on a platform, he was good with. Just talking to kids, he was good with. Being organized, he was good with. When we used to go on those backpacking trips, he came two years. He, he you know, he made sure everybody was okay. You know, he was the one that was going back and forth, checking on the kids, um, you know, kids in the back, he would go, you know, he was in the front, he would stop, he would, you know, hike backwards to go 
we would go find where the caboose was, check in with the caboose. <laughs> it was all over the place. And I'm like, and you know, you go to yourself, how, how did I miss this kid? And it's just, it, it happens, you know, and you just hope that the 10 or 12 that you pick every year are good. And like I said, you know, more often than not, I, I hit the, I, you know, I hit the nail on the head. Um, and I just feel bad for these kids now because, you know, they, the seniors really lost basically a year and a half yeah. uh, of, of facilitating. Um, and the juniors who were the new ones lost basically six, eight months of, of regular project adventure last year with, well, not six months, but, you know, about four months of, of, of closing of, of school. And they've lost, you know, two or three months already this year. So, yeah. you know, and then you wonder going, oh, and you know, when you pick them, you were sort of picking them based on what you remember, because I, I didn't want to go into this year without new facilitators, not knowing what the year was going to bring. So I, I, I brought a couple on, not, you know, not as many as I normally would. Um, but then you wonder, geez, if we ever get back out on the course, how are they going to respond? Because I, I don't, it's been so long. Well, you haven't had those, uh, you haven't had those building blocks that you, you've touched on throughout the episode. That there's a, a legitimate progression in the course and, and you're missing a lot of that stuff now because you, you know, you know, at the end of the day, some team building stuff, you can translate to a virtual environment, you know, you, climate, you know, belaying, you can't, <laughs> you know, there's certain things that you, that don't really translate to this, you know, kind of new world we're living in from an educational standpoint, at least. I mean, my, my plan is, you know, if, and when we get to go, we're just uh, at this point, I think I'm just going to have the facilitators do the blame. Yep. Um, you know, they did it last year. I'll, I'll do a review with them and uh, make sure we're good and, and just say, look, by the time we get, you know, by the time we get everybody trained and ready to go, we're going to, that's going to be three weeks, three, four yep. weeks. And, you know, we may not have three, four weeks if we ever get the green light. Yep. So I told the facilitator, I said, look, you're going to, you're just do the blame and it is what it is. And then, you know, hopefully next year, you know, we can, you know, start, start back where, um, you know, start where we want to be, still get back to our normal routine. And, and, you know, it, it's you know, the facilitator program, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great. And, and you get a lot of, I get a lot of thank yous. Um, and it's not, not why we do it, but it's nice to get a lot of, you know, I get a lot of thank yous from parents too, yep. that they enjoyed the experience. Um, you know, a lot of thank yous from the kids and, uh, you know, it's most of these students are, um, you know, captains of their respective sports teams. Um, not that I, I don't just pick athletes, but, uh, but those that I pick, um, because when I pick them as sophomores, they're, they're not captains of their respective teams. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, but it's interesting to see that when they become seniors, most of them are, um, involved, you know, most of them are captains of their sports teams. Most of them are, um, you know, not, you know, National Honor Society students, most of them, because they just have that drive. And, and, you know, when you have that drive to constantly want to improve yourself and, and do things at the next level, well, you're going to end up probably getting up to that next level. Yeah. Um, and, I, and then I've had kids, you know, I, and I was thinking of this, you know, when I was reading, when you sent me the email, um, this was about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, he was in class, he was short, um, a, a little overweight, but great kid. Didn't back down from anything. Every single day, he tried every climb and he struggled. I said, how do I not make this kid a facilitator? I said, yeah. he has the, the, the desire, the drive, um, the appreciation to just every day come out and compete. So I remember when I picked him, he couldn't believe it. He says, you picked me? And I said, yeah. And he, he was so nervous. I says, don't worry about it. I said, you're going to be fine. <laughs> he said, you'll be fine. I said, and if you're not, if you're not comfortable... I said, we'll have somebody else do it. I said, but you, I said, from day one, you haven't backed down from a challenge. I said, you struggled 
But every day you came out and you tried everything, you were supporting every other kid in class. I said, you are like, you're the model. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said, you just, I said, just because he didn't get to the top of the climb doesn't mean I think anything less of it doesn't mean he can't lead. That summer, he lost 10 pounds. Wow. He, come, he came in and I, and I looked at him and, you know, after a couple of classes, I asked him, he says, yeah, he goes, I, I, you know, I started working out. I lost about 10 pounds. I said, great, good for you, you know. And, you know, about a month or so went by and I asked, what was your driving force? Just out of curiosity. He says, this. I said, what? Wow. He says, how, he says, how could, he goes, you picked me to do a job. He says, how could I do my job if I can't get to the top of the climb? And I was like, whoa, you know, talk about, you know, getting goosebumps and, and, and right. how, you know, how this impacted the kid. It was, it was unbelievable. And, and he went through two and he was awesome. I mean, uh, he just, you know, ex- just really enjoyed that, that, that leadership role and just had a great ability, you know, getting connected, connected with kids. And I had another one. Um, he was afraid of heights. He never told me to his last <laughs> He says, you know, and, and he became my, he, he was, he was, uh, you know, he was like, he, I don't think he ended up going to college, but he picked up a trade. So he was a hands-on, hands-on, you know, mechanic, you know, construction type of guy. So he became my right-hand man. You know, if it was maintenance, I sent him up the tree to do maintenance, you know, and, and <laughs> never, then he never complained. He was awesome. And what was really cool was he was not an academic kid. Yeah. So you would go, you know, you would get emails. He's failing this class and that class. And, and I, you know, I, as my role, I always feel as a facilitator, as a teacher to check in on these kids, you know, so if they're not doing their academic stuff and the teachers really support me, they'll email me and say, Hey, so-and-so is not doing his work in my class. Cause they know I have a different relationship with them. Almost yeah. like a coach. Um, you, you know, can have like that tough conversation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you pull them aside and you know, you, you, you talk to them and try to get them back on the right track and, and hands down, this kid was a great kid just not an academic kid, you know, and so be it. And he's, he's, whatever he's doing now, I ran a couple of years ago, he was working, you know, he's, he's working, he's fine. You know, he's got a job, but I remember, you know, <laughs> for two years, I gave him, I gave him like every tough job, every crap job, you know, <laughs> and he never said, never complained. Then the end of, like one of the last days of his senior year, he comes down and we're talking and uh, he's like, I, I don't think I ever told you this. <laughs> He says, I am deathly afraid of heights. Oh my <laughs> God. That's fantastic. I started laughing. And, um, and I says, you never said anything to me. He goes, well, he says, you picked me to do a job. So I'm doing my job. He says, what am I going to do? Do this job and tell you, I can't. he goes after you. And he said it, he was very humble. He says, you, you know, you picked me over how many other kids? He goes, how could I not tell you? How can I tell you? I can't do this job. I put yeah. my name down on the piece of paper, which I respect, you know, I mean, and, and that's cool. You know, you learn just, you have a connection with kids and uh, you know, and like I said, it's almost like that coach and the athlete that you coach this athlete for so many years, you develop this, this different bond, this different relationship with them. And, and that's how I feel with the facilitators. Um, that's just, awesome. Yeah, different. Yeah. Different, different connection with them. And there's been, there's so many stories of them. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they, cause they see you, like they see me, a completely different side, you know, because now, you know, they hear me mumbling things under my breath, I'm sure like <laughs> four letter words in front of them, you know, and they laugh, they're just, because they see a different side, they see the teacher side of it, and, and you know, the, the making sure everything is good, because if something's not good, it falls on you, so, you know, you're, they see that, the, the almost the stress side of being a teacher for this type of curriculum, yep. and, um, 
you know, I'm not going to bring her up, but you know, you, you had dealings with her. She was on the volleyball team and, and she stood out with you instantly when they came, they worked with them, when the team came and worked with you. Um, but two years ago, I had a, you know, one of our trainees, uh, a sophomore run, you know, on a platform for a climb. And I told this girl, I says, all right, I said, your job is to help her. Okay. So I walked over there and, you know, just, you're in that drive, you're in that, you know, you're beat the clock type of mode. And I start yelling at the girl up on the platform and it turns out I was giving her the totally wrong direction because I didn't know what the problem was, you know, but you're just in that, that mindset of, we got to get this climb going. I got to get three kids through. We're, we're, you know, we're getting to the end of the year. There's no tomorrow type of thing. And I, I start barking orders and I give her all the wrong information. <laughs> and the girl looks at me and she, and she just has this look in like, she goes, all right, fine. You do it then. <laughs> so, she walks away and I look over at her and I went, I went, I am. And I said, I turned out her. I said, I am so sorry. I am such an a-hole. She goes, you are. <laughs> and I just and I walked away and I said, you run the climb. And she goes, get out of here. You know? <laughs> and it was priceless. And I got home and I told I told Leslie the, the story. And she goes, You are an a-hole. So, um, we're gonna have some guest speakers coming in. I hear them. Nice. They they're back from their store run, but it was, you know, so you know, and and sort of going back with the facilitators I've learned to, um, you know, I give them a job. They're capable of doing it. That's why yep. they're in the role. And, yep. and sometimes I have to um, take a step back and, and I tell the kids this, and I know you, I'm sure you said it too. The hardest thing with leadership is knowing when to step back and allow others uh, to lead around you. Yeah. And um, we've all we've all grown as leaders based on experiences, good or bad. And sometimes I forget to just allow others the opportunity to lead. And because I think sometimes with, with teaching, with the schedule is you're so stuck to this routine that I have to have this climb done by Monday. But I've learned over the past couple of years, if it doesn't get done till Wednesday, what's the difference? Yep. Yep. Not the end of the world. Right. And to take that, you know, take that breath, take that step back and, and allow others the opportunity to lead. And, you know, if it costs us another day, it costs us another day, but giving them that opportunity. Um, so, so when she humbled me, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I think about that now. And I, and I, and I, when I, whenever I see her, I tell her that I says, you have, I said, you changed me that one day just about how, how, difficult it is at times and how sometimes you just get caught up in the moment that you got to allow others the opportunity to um, yep yeah step back and give them the experience so they can develop their skills i love it love it yeah, well we're on the we're on the home stretch here dave uh dave's got a, a big audience at the home front now uh cheering them on i saw the giant shirt in the background so good work leslie thank you <laughs> um again this is uh dave fazwali he's uh physical education teacher with, you know, predominantly a focus on adventure ed down at North Haven high schools, uh, crushing it right now here on the lead with empower podcast. We're going to throw a couple quick hitters at you to finish up the episode. All right. Quick Take hitters. a deep breath, get ready. First one favorite on the ground team building initiative and why. All right. I, it's, it's one that I haven't done in a while, but I actually 
when I started working for you, it came back to me was, was key punch. Yeah. Um, do you need me to want me to explain it quick or. Um, yeah, yeah. Quick. Yeah. Give a okay. quick, uh, quick so, uh, explanation and then a quick why. Okay. So, so key punch is, you know, you have uh, about 30 numbered poly spots in a circle uh, with a rope around it. And, and the, the students, the class have to try to hit numbers one through 30 as quickly as they can uh, with only one person being in the circle at a time. I absolutely love it because um, I, I've used it as a coach and I used it as a teacher and it, you can facilitate it in so many ways, but really the way I facilitate it is know your role and do your job. If your yep. job is to hit number 10, you're going to be the best number 10 hitter there ever was. <laughs> and if you do your job successfully and quickly and efficiently, it will set up everybody else around you for success. Yep. But the second you start worrying about what other people are doing, you're going to make a mistake and the whole group has to start over. And I think it's one that, cause they want to compete um, and they get into it. And then I post the times and it becomes an interclass competition for me um, about, you know, sort of driving a little bit of competition. Um, and I just, I could, I could frame it or facilitate it in so many ways, but it's one that, that I enjoy watching um, and I enjoy facilitating it. And, and I just tell the kids that, look, I said, whatever your number is, you're the most important number of this most important activity. Like that's how you yep. frame it. Like, look, yep. you, you matter, you matter. Love it. And I, I would agree with you. That That's such a, there's so many, it's a diverse activity. There's so many great points, but I, I love that. Like focus on your stinking job. And if you can get everybody on your team to just do their job, the result take care, uh, takes care of itself. If you get hung up on, what's our time, what's our time, what's our time, you're taking your focus away from doing your job and the, 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 the result is, is worse than it should be. Love it, great answer. Favorite high element, go, and why? Uh, okay, my favorite high element is uh, at, at North Haven, it's called anxiety. Um, it's also, it's Giants Ladders, um, is, is, you know, other courses call it that. Um, but basically we have five logs, um, five horizontal logs, um, you know, attached to two vertical trees. So in, in essence, it's a, you know, a, a big, um, you know, it, and actually I think it came from probably the military, uh, you know, obstacle courses, probably yep. the, the yep. foundation of it. Um, but they, it's a, it's a, I teach it as a team climb. So it's a, it's a partner climb. Um, and it's a fall climb for me, but it's the first time that they're working together as a group um, on a, on an element. Yeah. So they have to develop a, a system to to lift one person up, and then the, then obviously the person above has to reach down and help pull up the other person. Um, and the success is going to be based on the overall motivation and drive to get to that next level. Yeah. And a little bit of game planning because they have to figure out, hey, who's the stronger climber, um, who may have the best flexibility, and it gives them an opportunity to understand that, hey, maybe I'm better suited to be the second person versus the first person. Yeah. Based on that. So I, it's, you know, we do it in the fall. It's one of the, you know, it's, it's a partner climb for me. And I just love that the communication, that the physical contact that they have to make to pull each other up. And if you're the person on the bottom, you are really relying on that, that person above you to pull you up and, and, you know, and you got to You got to fight just as much as they do to get up onto that next line. Yep. Love it. Um, you, you've worked, you've done work with Empower, I would say for five, six years. I'm not, we don't have to get into the exact dates, but is uh, a group that sticks out to you from your time at Empower and why? Uh, it's got to be the the Raritan football group. And I only did it twice. Yeah. Um, and then I, I've, I've always enjoyed Amherst. Yeah. Um, but I, I think 
just because I do the, the, the schools, obviously I do the school setting all year long. When you get to empower and you get these um, sports teams, you could do what I do, but you can put a different edge to it. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, whereas at the school setting and, and I have no problem doing this and I enjoyed it, it's a little more of the, it's a social emotional, it's, it's the, you know, how to get better and you do it a little bit, a little bit at a time. Um, but when you get these, these sports teams, you know, and even, you know, Raritan, Raritan sticks out, but, you know, we've got enough athletic teams, uh, sports teams coming through in power. But when you're able to, to turn that edge on a little, and make it a little more competitive and you could, you know, and you can call them out on, on their BS and you can yep, call yep. them out on, um, you know, they're trying to cut corners or worried about what everything else versus, you know, what they're doing. It, it changes the activity because it, and, and my, my framework, my curriculum, it, it's not that it's, there's a little bit of competition, um, but really it's about how can you better yourself as an individual and, and, and the group. And we go about it a little different way because we have the full year and it's, you know, I don't want to say it's kinder and gentler, but it's just a different, different mindset. Yep. Um, whereas when you get these, you know, sports teams, um, you have the opportunity to really push them in, in, in a way and, and it hopefully it opens up to them about the value of, of what communication can bring to a, to an athletic team. What, what value can leadership bring and, and what do you need to do in order to be successful? Yep. Love it. That, this was, uh, I think it was Hamden High School Baseball a few years back, and it was a March program. It was right before the high school baseball season, and it was Dave and I working the program, and the forecast was looking crappy all week. And we uh, were at the fire. We did a couple different, you know, collaborative team building initiatives. Dave had a group, and you know, maybe was doing key punch. I had another group was doing something else, and then we came together for this obstacle course event it was one of the my favorite moments it was snow on the ground it's cold it's windy we walk them through the whole obstacle course and we tell them hey you know you're gonna have a couple minutes of planning time before we start and one of our old tricks is like you know how do you deal with a sudden change so little did they know that they were gonna get about 45 seconds at the planning time and we were gonna yell three two one go and they had to run about 250 yards across a snowy field to the starting line of the course and that was you know maybe not overall program but one of my favorite isolated moments was when you and I were on one end of the field they were on the other and there's a bunch of snow in between us and it's hey three two one go and we see him and it's like running across the field in Braveheart you know through the snow there's slush kicking up everywhere and they got into it and it was oh it was dynamite <laughs> I, I agree that step I probably one of the top three moments, you know, yep. for me, just, just that was such, that was such a fun day. So, uh, I love it. Um, leadership means. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think it's just the, the ability to impact those around you in, in a positive way and, and help to facilitate, foster their own growth, whether it, yep. whether they, you know, get into that leadership role at some point or just that they understand what value they bring um, as an individual to a group and how a group can benefit from having them. So it's just helping them, you know, achieve their own goals, you know, yep. and, and just fostering, fostering their own, their own leadership, whether it, whether they become, uh, you know, in a leadership role or not, but just letting them understand that they all have the ability to, um, and it's just a matter of when they're ready to. Yep. Love it. And then last, um, last question here, Dave, um, 
obviously teachers, students, families are going through. It's you know it's still a challenging time, and you know it looks like for the at least the immediate future, we're going to be confronted with some challenge, just some sort of message of inspiration for, you know, the students and the families that are going through this uh, unique uh, stretch of months here. What's a, what's a message? Cause I, I would consider you one of the best, Dave, uh, a message from you with regards to kind of staying motivated and, and, and staying on course, even though there's a lot of obstacles in the way right now. Yeah. Um, I, I think you just got to understand who you are um, and just, you got to take it day by day and appreciate the, the little things that, you know, maybe at this point now has become almost a new norm. Yeah. Um, but th this has presented some interesting opportunities, um, you know, for us, you know, as, as a, as a, you know, family, you know, with young kids, um, you know, last spring we, you know, we were able to spend more time together. Um, you know, we're, you know, what my wife and I both work, you know, kids are in school. So for us to kind of take the foot off the accelerator and, you know, sleep in and go for hikes, yeah. um, you know, and just do things as a family, you know, go to, you know, go walk the beach. You know, we, we got Olivia to ride our bike without training wheels. You know, um, I think you just got to understand those, those little moments that, you know, I think in any other normal circumstance um, you would still do, but you may not be, you know, you may forget it, but yeah. now that it's those little moments that what else do you have going on? Um, you know, and it just, just, just try to stay true to yourself um, and just understand that this is, this is a challenge. There, there, there is an end. Um, you know, there will be an end. You know, it may be sooner, you know, than, than people think, um, or maybe a little longer. I mean, yep. you know, who knows, but there, but there is an end. And I think just between now and then you have to understand who you are. Um, but, but what value can you bring to those around you and, and appreciate the small things? Love it. Love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Dave Fazwali. Faz, he leads with empower. And, uh, just crushes it. Thank you so much, Dave. Really appreciate your time on a, we're recording on a Saturday morning. This episode will come out on Wednesday, um, Saturday morning for a family man. Not an easy time to carve out. Really appreciate you joining us, Dave. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much. This was a, a real treat. It was nice to, to see you again and talk and, um, you know, I hope everybody enjoyed it. This was great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for doing it again. And uh, look forward to our next parking lot beer uh, session, maybe in the spring when the weather gets nice. But uh, hey, ladies and gents, thanks for tuning in. Hey, and, and I love Dave's closure. Know yourself. Take it a day at a time. Appreciate the little things. We'll all get through this. Be safe. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you all soon. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.